Welcome to Screw the Hierarchy, episode 68. This is Deb Falzoy, and this week I'm talking about how grooming or hazing sets up a hierarchy that is toxic. Are you ready to hear more about what I have to say about this? More after this. If you're a target of workplace abuse and want to break free of the grips of abusive power, you've found your place. I'm your host, Deb Falzoy, and the podcast begins now. So I'm talking this week about the concept of grooming, or what can really be perceived of as hazing. And uh, I'm going to point to an opinion article that came out from NBC News Uh, last week, April 30th, uh, I believe that's last week, um, from Kelly Hartog titled Hollywood and Broadway Must Stop Grooming Actors for Abuse or Scott Rudin's Will Still Thrive. So this is in response to this um, culture of abuse in the entertainment industry. Um, She says the entertainment industry must find a healthy way to train and nurture talent. Um, And she also says that the industry displays, quote, this pathological brutality toward those aspiring to join it. So not too long ago, maybe a month or so ago, we talked about what was happening in Goldman Sachs of taking these young junior analysts and putting them like through this meat grinder of push, you know, asking them or demanding that they work these ridiculous hours, be at the beck and call of um, their superiors, and all in the name of sort of paying their dues uh, to to climb the ladder. And I begged the question, is this is this behavior necessary? And, you know, it, it reminds us of the fraternity hazing of being subjected to mistreatment or in some cases torture in order to gain power. Um, you know, they go through this this hazing period. I'm not actually sure what they call it in, in the Greek system, um, but they go through the this series of mistreatment in order to be accepted into the brotherhood. Um, and in some ways, you know, the the one benefit is is the solidarity that comes out of that. But there there is no other redeeming quality of that that I can see. Um, it it is all about power and control when you make people jump through hoops in order to be welcomed into your elite group. Um, so I just want to want to kind of sum up what um, Kelly Hartog talks about in her opinion piece um, for NBC. So let's see here. She talks about the the cruelty that she experienced um, as a young person. She was 18, fresh out of high school. She's from Sydney, Australia. And she was a student who was snagged at a, at a spot at the drama studio, which is a full-time acting course it's three years um and she's saying basically that people shouldn't have to have to put up with the worst in order to work with the best it's just it's really in my words a ridiculous concept um she says quote there are so many theater people who have been trained to believe 
that they have to put up with this behavior because this is the sacrifice they must make for art. And that's the big question here with all of this. So why must they make this sacrifice? Only because the people with power are abusing their power. There is no reason why somebody has to jump through hoops. There, There's ways to learn without being subjected to mistreatment. In fact, we learn better when we're not being subjected to mistreatment. So I'm going to just share with you what she shares in this article. Um, you know, she, she says that in following the death of a student and a bunch of claims um, that people were being pushed to the edge, um, the, the drama studio folded. Um, and on our, she outlines in her experience that on the first day they were informed, quote, we are here to break you down and see if you can survive. So um, I just want to go through what, what she described as some of those ways to break her down and everyone as part of her program. So um, she says that they were given assessments and they, behind the scenes, the students actually called those character assassinations and they were forced to sit on a chair in the middle of a rehearsal room while the faculty tore them to shreds and she gives examples of some of the questions that she was asked as an 18 year old so um somebody asked do you know what your problem is you're too effing nice um she didn't really she says she didn't know how to process being nice as a negative thing and then they also asked her sexual things. Are you a virgin? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have sex with him? Um, things that are absolutely none of their business. I, I was a little shocked to read this and also not shocked knowing what happens at organizations. But ima imagining that somebody would feel justified in a professional situation of asking somebody these questions, never a year old these questions. Um so basically, you know, the they're grooming for obedience is really what's happening here. It's um, making sure that somebody's just gonna gonna do exactly what they're told to do to jump when they when they're asked to jump or told to jump, and this is clearly what this um, exercise is doing um, because someone's virginity is absolutely nobody's business. The result of this assessment is that they suffered physical symptoms of of this abuse. You know, they had um, long days on top of it with dance classes, mime classes. She describes endless movement, but it was, she says, it tested our emotional and psychological limits. Um, and then they were told to toughen up because they were considered not strong enough psychologically. So she says, um, you know, that this is a profession where there is a demand of intense vulnerability. So there's this kind of double standard of, of on the one hand, requiring that intense vulnerability. And she says, accessing your deepest fears and emotions. And then on the other hand, there being exploited for those vulnerabilities and being pushed to breaking points. She also details this one scene, um, and I have heard of this happening from other 
performers where she said of the uh, girls was doing an improvised love scene with a male partner. It led him to getting completely naked. It was not necessary for the scene. And she finally screamed that she couldn't do it and ran out of the class. And then instead of having any empathy for this student, the teacher or professor gave the class a lecture about not breaking a scene. So again, it's about keeping people in line calling for obedience, weeding out the people who aren't going to do as they're told. Um, she says that they were, they were um, polarized against each other, pitted against each other, that they were going, they couldn't consider their classmates friends, or at least they were told that their classmates weren't their friends because these people were going to be their competition. And um, the, the approach was that they'd better be able to stomp on other people to get what they wanted, or they'd better be willing to. Um, so she said that she did not survive the these three torturous years. She um, she left. She uh, actually during this time, her father had passed away at a young age, and they just blew off the situation, or they they um, you know wanted to to make sure that it wouldn't affect her work. And, you know, she says, as if the greatest trauma of a 19-year-old's young life was a minor inconvenience to be brushed aside. So this is really a culture void of vulnerability completely, or void of empathy completely, I should say. She then goes on to say that this was not a unique experience that the drama center's closing was proof that grooming young people through psychological abuse is is just ingrained in the profession the fact that it that it went on for so long and then lastly she goes on to say that it's not enough for us to be pushing people out of the industry on a case by case basis um, because we're deciding that or waiting for former employees to use their voice to speak up. Um, she says that the whole industry needs to step it up and stop the abuse and brutality towards those who want to join it and find a healthy way to nurture people, to train them. Otherwise, these abusers will continue to thrive because we're enabling them as a culture. And that is exactly what is happening in the financial world. It's exactly what we see happening in the healthcare profession. There's a, a documentary called Do No Harm about how we're taking the humanity out of healthcare by letting MBAs run run hospitals and and make finances the the number one focus putting profit over people time and time again to the point where you know people or patients are just sort of pushed through the system um the doctors have to see them in in faster and faster um time periods and students are taking their lives because they're being pushed 
to the brink that they, you know, they can no longer uh, deal with the toll that's being taken on them. So this is a widespread problem, as we know. Um, But I was really struck in in this article or this um, opinion piece from Kelly Hartog about that hazing piece of it, about you know, we, we know with workplace abuse that there is a grooming factor, um, you know, experts, mental health professionals um, cite that there is a grooming period with most abusers where they, where they will test you. They will see how easy it is to to ground, basically. And there are ways to combat that. There are ways to either directly stand up to it using assertiveness and knowing what you're going to tolerate and not tolerate, even within this hierarchical system and this huge asymmetry of power. Um, Or if it's an indirect assault um, or testing, then you can act confused and ask the person to clarify so that you can get to the point of really understanding what's going on. Thank you for listening to Screw the Hierarchy. If you feel like you need more help, I have a free guide to recovery steps at dignitytogether.org targets and a sign up for daily boosts through your inbox at the same place. All of the content in this podcast was created and edited by yours truly, Deb Falzoy, and the music you heard is from Kevin McLeod. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.